Good day, and I hope you are doing well. Yes, indeedy. It is so hot here in Belfast, Maine. It has been for the last few days. I am sure wherever you're listening from, it is also hot. It's just hot everywhere. I do have fans going everywhere, so if you can hear them in the background, I do apologize. Many of you know that my favorite movie of all time is Apocalypse Now. I've seen it multiple times. In fact, I saw it just this past week for the first time in a while, but probably for the, I bet, the 15th time in my life. The movie's dark, allegorical, and has moments of suspense. And it's beautifully shot. Uh, it's just, I mean, it, the movie's, it came out in 1979, so over 40 years old and it's still to this day to me visually everything about it holds up uh, visually it holds up as well when marlo brando is reading his lines from the cue cards the viewer doesn't realize this as the contrast of lightness and darkness on his bald head really is mesmerizing that's just another example of how beautifully shot this movie is and just the contrast between dark and light in those uh, scenes at the end when Captain Willard finally encounters Colonel Kurtz, Captain Willard played by Martin Sheen, Colonel Kurtz played by Marlon Brando. Uh, those scenes are just amazing. Anywho, uh, there are many delays in the making of this movie. Weather destroyed, destroyed expensive sets that had to be rebuilt. Martin Sheen had a heart attack and a nervous breakdown. Marlon Brando showed up unprepared and overweight. And there was like more than a hundred million feet of film to edit at the end. It was truly a curse set which somehow resulted in a terrific movie. If you are curious about the making of this movie, there is a documentary on the topic titled Heart of Darkness, A Filmmaker's Apocalypse, which uh, is more than worth seeing. Anyway, the reason I mention Apocalypse Now in this episode is that I'm going to relate it to my dating life. And you, the listener, can provide feedback as to how well I do this. Now, I know what you're thinking, Matt. You're freaking weird. You're a weirdo. But hear me out, because what you're here might make a bit of sense. All right, let me give the background a little bit. In 2001, a revamped Apocalypse Now was released with 49 minutes of previously unseen footage. This version is titled Apocalypse Now Redux, and it's not as good as the original, as typical with movie re-releases. And, um, you know, there's reasons why these scenes were left out, but it's worth seeing, especially if you really like the movie. Going back to the original version, there's a scene of Martin Sheen sitting in the stern of a boat. He's holding his rifle, head down, with an army helmet on, and appears to be contemplating this sad life. This is shortly after the Lawrence Fishbourne uh, character is uh, killed in action while he's on the boat. In the background, you sense, uh, you see this uh, overcast, swampy, and you sense a humid day. There's a light fog lifting from the river. You know, it's a good scene visually, as mentioned before. It's, you know, as these scenes are just very, very, you know, 
beautifully done. But I remember this scene for one reason. This was because, and this was after the Redux, um, ver- after watching the Redux version, because in the Redux version, it's way after the Lawrence Fishburne uh, character is killed. It comes after a scene that was not included in the original. In the Redux version, am I saying that right? Version? I, I, wanna, I, I feel like I'm saying virgin, but no, version. I'm saying it right. In the Redux version, uh, preceding this still, I just mentioned, there's a long French plantation scene, which is boring except for the end of it, which is <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, it's drawn like yeah the scene's drawn out and dull with the sole exception of this French seduction scene Martin Sheen in this scene is seduced by this beautiful French lady in a nutshell they get busy together Graphic detail isn't provided, but the viewer does see the French lady fully naked. Yes, indeed. Now let's go back to the scene where Sheen, his character named Captain Willard, is sitting in the stern of the boat. As I said in the original, you know, he's sitting there holding his rifle, head down, helmet on, swamp, you know, fog lifting, humid, that type of thing. Okay. He seems kind of upset in the original version, but in this Redux version, it comes immediately after this French lady seduces him. And so now I'm thinking, he's not thinking about how his life is shite. He's thinking about how he was just seduced by a beautiful French lady in the middle of the jungle. And he's like, damn, all right. Of course, he may also be thinking... It's too bad that I may never see her again. However, I could swing by on the boat ride back. (laughs) Eventually, old Captain Willer needs to get his mind straight and place his focus back on his mission of uh, relieving Colonel Kurtz of his command. This does make me wonder, assuming that this is a pleasant memory that will forever be planted in Captain Willard's melon. Is this experience what we single people should desire? Especially with someone who's past youth, gone through a long relationship, married for a while, had kids, raised kids, and just basically living life as essentially damaged goods. You know, I talked about this in the conversation that I had with Amanda from Dating Will Be the Death of Me in the previous episode. With short-term relationships that have no hope of surviving due to distance or circumstance, uh... What's wrong with uh, short-term relationships like being seduced by a French lady out in the jungle? Uh, Or, uh, in Amanda's case, uh, having a a Latin lover boy out in uh, California on the West Coast for a few days. And afterwards, the individuals involved are left with pleasant memories. There hasn't been enough time to develop deep emotional feelings. They won't have to go through the angst of Introducing each other to, uh, you know, families, friends, and what is left. And what's left is memories of experience that are actually quite pleasant. Isn't this the way we want to think about the past? You know, pleasant experiences? 
many of us have stories about dysfunctional relationships. I mean, so if you were in a place in your life where you're social, busy, and you know you'll not be completely alone uh, because of your kids, friends, family, whatever else, uh, why not explore short-term romances like these? I, I don't know. I mean... I'm still, you know, I'm not saying this is the way to go. I am not saying this is the way to go. What I am saying is this. It's something that I think about. It's certainly something that I think about. And once again, I'd love to hear your feedback on uh, such topics. This might be a short episode today. Uh, it's hot. I, what I just uh, told you all about the Apocalypse Now stuff, I actually... Uh, typed out over the course of days but it's been so hot it's just i i it's hard to even get my thoughts straight you can hear it in my voice a little bit so it's hard to get my thoughts down on the computer and whatever so now the rest of this episode is just going to be me talking uh free form if you will this is me matt being uh using improv that's what i'm doing uh, my ex-wife and I went to a memorial service of a lifelong friend of ours. Uh, her mother died about a month ago. Pretty suddenly, she discovered that she had a malignant tumor and died eight weeks later. So, a sad situation. I will say this, an absolute lovely service that our friend's mother actually planned herself in advance. And her goal was to keep it no more than an hour, and it ended right on the hour so i hope that uh if there is some sort of spiritual world out there uh, where her spirit can know that it went very well and it was very nicely done i hope that message can get to her i ran my first 5k yesterday ever i used to run some but i've never ran in a 5k it's the first time I have ran any type of distance in probably seven years. I am in decent shape as I do Zumba quite a bit, go on walks. However, my legs are not in shape at all and are incredibly sore. What did I do yesterday after the 5K, you might ask? Well, or maybe you won't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, I went for a two-mile hike with a very dear friend of mine her, uh, and her son. My daughter went with me. And uh, it was hot. It was hot, but we did it anyway. Then I kayaked, and then I went for a swim. So I was quite active yesterday. And this morning I uh, woke up. Oh, my God, my legs were so sore. Uh, if you run a 5K, uh, train a little bit. Get your legs in somewhat of running shape. Uh, you'll want, uh, That's my advice for you all uh, because my legs are indeed sore and I'm sure they will be tomorrow a bucket list item of mine is before I turn the age of 60 I have plenty of years to go before I do is to run a 5k in under 30 minutes I did not do this yesterday now I have the itch to run another 5k so I believe I'm going to start running again really really do it right the next time and see how close i can come to marking this goal off my bucket list so going to twitter as glenn said the other day glenn my canadian friend knows that whatever he puts on twitter i'm gonna 
uh, uh, there's a chance that I could put it on here. So that's a w word of warning to anyone that follows me on Twitter. And I'm very kind. I'm very kind. I'm, I'm kind to everyone except for Glenn, who I kind of pick on a little bit, uh, which he likes. I know he does. He likes the attention. So I ask this. I'm going to save myself a Google search. What is love bombing? That's the question I ask. What is love bombing? Because this came up in Amanda's podcast. And I have an idea of what it is, but it, it's a term that comes up quite a bit in her podcast. Now, 20T Minutes said this, and this is the definition I kind of expected. Uh, 20T Minutes also has a podcast. It's mental health and comedy short episodes you can find them on youtube uh, that's typically where i listen to them or see them anyway anyway he answered love bombing it's almost the gaslighting of love just overwhelming someone with love and i responded which can be overwhelming for the person on the receiving end and when it's okay i would think to show somebody this overwhelming affection when you realize you're in love after you've been together uh, for a period of time. But if you're overly affectionate when you first start dating, that can be incredibly overwhelming. And there may be a, there may have been a time in my life I was like that. Um, honestly, I can't remember or or yeah. Uh, Maybe, I don't believe I've ever been the type of person that has come on too strong, but maybe I did when, in my younger years. But I can see now in my older life how overwhelming and annoying that can be. Superfancast said this. This is kind of a wise answer, and I love it. Superfancast said, Love bombing is a war crime of passion. Ooh, I love that. Think about that. Hear that. A war, a crime of passion. Ooh. I tell you what, I want to be there on the receiving end of that. Mm -hmm. It just sounds so good, doesn't it? A war, crime of passion. Sounds almost too naughty. <laughs> And I responded, wow, I, I, I kind of like that definition. I like that. All right. All right. Uh, there was another one, too, that I threw out there. Let me get here. Uh, I'm not gaining uh, Twitter, Twitter followers. I was up to, like, 530 or so, and now I'm down to, like, 526. Like, people drop out. I assume that some are just advertisers and scammers maybe and if i don't friend back they just drop me uh, that's my guess i don't know otherwise they realize what a dweeb i am they're like eh, who the heck's this guy we'll get rid of him uh, it could be either or either or could be either or all right and oh yeah so this one i put out just 12 hours ago how does apocalypse now relate to my dating life find out in my next episode so i got some likes there and uh some people responded to that. Now, Glenn responded, and I'm not going to repeat what my buddy Glenn from Bigfoot Canada said. Okay? Now, if you want to go on and see something rather naughty, uh, go ahead. Like me on Twitter, and you can read what he said. But I pride myself on a PG-13 
uh, Twitter page. And Glenn, hell, Glenn, I still think we're PG-13, but he's cutting it quite close. <laughs> uh, Kevin Goatee from Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. This happens to this happens to be next week's episode for us. What he means by that, he's a co-host of Gutting the Sacred Cow, as I just mentioned. And the next episode is going to be a guest coming on to his show saying that Apocalypse Now actually is, in truth, a shitty movie. And this guest has to convince the two hosts that it is indeed a shitty movie. Something tells me Kevin Goatee is going to agree with this, and I'm going to get mad. Kevin Goatee also trashed The Princess Bride, so I'm mad at him for that. And something tells me I'm going to be even further mad at Kevin Goatee for this one. Apocalypse Now is the best movie of all time. I'm, I'm sorry, it just is. It just is. And I responded to him, I can't believe someone is attempting to gut the best movie of all time. So, anyway. And what else did I ask dating? Early? Um, I'm not going to read that one. Oh, what are the positives of being friend-zoned? This one I like. I got one response I really liked on this, okay? Okay, 80s movie podcast. Uh, he, he said this. I don't know. That's a thing that I didn't, that didn't really exist when I was dating. And I'm like, huh, I believe it did. We just didn't have a name for it because I know darn well I was friend zone more than once in my youth. We just didn't have a name for it. And he responded, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. Granted, it's been a long time since I've dated. But if he or she wasn't that into you during my time in the dating ocean, you moved on. Because they really are plenty of other fish in the sea. And there are. And there is something to be said about moving on. That is true. But, and that's how I responded, tis true. But let me ask you this. Have you ever heard this for someone you were interested in? I've thought about us dating, but I'd be afraid if things didn't work out, we'd no longer be friends. Okay, now... Every guy at some point in their lives has, especially at my age, has heard that, has heard exactly that, and they've heard it more than once, okay? I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, because I didn't get it then, I and I, I do get it now, okay? Because, yeah, you can, men and women can be friends, and you do run the risk of ending that friendship if you choose to become romantic, Uh you know, you can go through that thing. Ah, maybe we should sleep together. We're single, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you go that route. It's going to last a month, and then you'll no longer be friends. Trust me. Trust me. You know, I'm talking BS here. I'm just talking about my experience. Who knows? If you have a different experience with that, great. You know, and all of the stuff that I mention on this show with regards to dating, I could completely change my mind on days, weeks, months, years down the road. Who knows? Who knows? It's just stuff that I think about. But the response I really, really liked to what are the positives of being friend zone was by R.J. Keller, who has been on my show a couple different times. You have a friend, and that is a positive. If you've been friend zoned, you have a friend. 
Very simple. Four words. You have a friend. And that is very, very positive. And thank you, R.J. Keller, for that. Uh, let's see what else I have. Uh, someone uh, shared with me some first date horror stories with me. And let me see if I can find that really quick. I believe I can. Just bear with me for a moment. I thank you all, listeners, for listening to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Wicked Awesome. And on Instagram, my tagline is Brother Wicked. So Wicked Awesome on Twitter, Brother Wicked on Instagram. And I encourage you to follow me on both, if not... If not at least one, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm playing with my microphone here, and I just lost my train of thought there for a second. Okay, so here it is. So here's some first date kind of horror stories. This comes from the Dick Tales podcast. Um, spending too much time on your phone, being rude to the waiter or the waitress, sexually aggressive comments, jealous behavior. And I'm thinking, first date? And that was my response, like... The jealous behavior on the first date? Really? That's interesting. So, and then I asked for some elaboration on that. And, wow. And, uh... Hold on a second. Yeah, apparently as being, this is about the jealousy part. I mean, how can you be jealous on a first date? Yeah, apparently uh, uh, she was being too friendly with the waiter and it bothered her date. Another guy wanted to know how many male friends that she had because he doesn't think men and women can just be friends. I mean, wow, what total freaking dweebs. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, jerks. You know, those are the types of guys that just shouldn't, uh, ever have women uh, have sex with them? You know, I was gonna say get laid, but you know, so I, you know, so I didn't say that. You know, so I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, then Dicktail's podcast, she, uh, the host mentioned, oh, and a guy who insults every woman he talks about again. First date, wow. I went out with someone last summer who uh, bitched about his ex-wife, his friend's girlfriend, and, and his sister-in-law. Every woman he mentioned was either crazy or an effing B-word. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, if you're throwing that out there anytime, that's uh, certainly a red flag. But if you're, especially on the first date, it's just like, what are these guys thinking? Oh, my God. So I, I, it's interesting to hear dating experiences that people have had, especially from women, uh, because, uh, I just can't believe the audacity of uh, some of these guys that go out on dates with women. And uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just like it does. It takes audacity. And it like these guys actually end up in relationships, married. Oh, man. Hopefully they get some therapy or some uh, Alcoholics Anonymous drug rehab, uh, some sort of uh, personal redemption so they can improve what they say to people and just improve their thought process otherwise they're just going to be future domestic abusers and hoping that they're not current domestic abusers but on that light note 
good time to end this podcast, isn't it? Again, thanks for listening. I love you all. And until next time, take care. Feel free to contact me on social media. And uh, if you have any feedback for me, I love to hear feedback. If you have any ideas for a show, if you want to be a guest on the show, let me know and we'll make it happen. Have a good night and have a good week, everyone.